Welcome, welcome, Hawk fans, to another episode of Hawk Talk. I am your host, along with my co-host, uh, two-year uh, All Big Ten, three-year starter at right tackle, Mr. David Porter. David, thank you for joining me today. Colin, great to be here, man. Always fun. Absolutely, man. It's always a great opportunity. I can't necessarily say fun. It's always a great opportunity to talk about Hawk football and what the Hawkeyes are going to be doing with what their season, with what they've done so far this season, as well as the games that they've gone through and going and going up against. So this week, the Hawks get to travel to Columbus, Ohio, uh, to take on those Ohio State Buckeyes up at the Horseshoe. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a challenge, David. We work to stay impartial. We work to stay uh, neutral. We work to stay positive. We work to be, uh, you know, really good with just speaking on how, you know, the, how these games will work out. Um, so <clears throat> this week is no different. But before I jump into that, because I did, I want to make sure I said I am here wearing this L.A. Dodgers hat. Um, David was asking me about, hey, man, you're a Dodgers fan? I said, David, I'm only a fan of fashions, buddy. I'm not a baseball fan at all. I know they're in the uh, the world. They're in the, the playoffs heading up to the World Series, but uh, not really catching any of that. But, you know, I'm all about, I, like, I love the blue. And like I said a while ago, man, shout out to our boy Razor Ramon out there with, in, uh, in L.A. You know, I know he's a huge Dodger fan, so I'm sure he's keeping up with all the, the, the ins and outs of what those teams are going through right now. But, um, yeah, let's get back to football. Um, You're a prisoner of fashion. That's a thing for you. Okay. I'm going to jump into this game, man. C.J. Stroud, the Heisman candidate, only needs 145 yards passing to be amongst Ohio State's top five all-time passers. He currently has 7,172 yards and 68 touchdowns in only – 18, David, 18 career starts. So he's a sophomore, and he is close to being amongst Ohio State's top five uh, ranking all-time in, in, in passing yards. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the first Buckeye to have three games with three receiving touchdowns in school history. He's uh, he's he's become a weapon for that, Hawk, for that uh, Buckeye offense. Ohio State and Georgia are the only – Total schools in college football currently that are ranked top five in total offense and total defense. Buckeyes are second offense with 543.7 yards and fifth defensively with 253 and a half yards. The Buckeyes are number one in the nation with the fewest tackles for loss allowed at 19, tied with the University of Tennessee at number one overall, though, um, in combined tackles for loss and sacks allowed. Saturday's game will be the 66th meeting between these programs, which started 100 years ago with a Hawkeye win, 12 to 9. However, since then, the Buckeyes have gone on to lead the series 46, 15, and 3. The Buckeyes are 39, 39 and 1 all time against the Hawks at Ohio Stadium with seven consecutive wins. As we know, the Hawks have dropped two straight to Michigan and Illinois, respectively. Respectfully, um, Hawkeye defense is only allowing an average of 9.6 points per game, which ranks them third nationally and have only allowed five touchdowns in six games. The Hawks averaged 110.6 yards per game on the ground, allowing only two scores this year. Through the air, though, the Hawkeye secondary is averaging only 154 yards per game and has twice as many interceptions 
six as passing touchdowns given up with three. Finally, Ohio State has a winning streak against 11 of the 13 Big Ten teams. The only two teams they don't have a winning streak against, David, Michigan, and Iowa. So heading into the horseshoe this weekend, we know the numbers. Their numbers are not, you know, the, the we can't we can't really manipulate the stats, man. It is what it is. I mean, C.J. Stroud is the Heisman Trophy. He's in the can. He's in the conversation for for a reason. Um, the young man has one thousand seven hundred thirty seven total passing yards. He's gone one thirteen for one sixty. Let me repeat that again. He has completed one hundred thirteen of his one hundred sixty passes for a total of 1,737 yards, 24 touchdowns compared to only three interceptions. He's only been sacked four times for a negative, for, for a loss of 12 yards total. Um, <laughs> like, what do, you, what do we want to do here? It's, there's a reason he's, a, he's leading the country in the, run, in the race for the Heisman, right? He, he's a heck of an athlete, but there's a reason he's only been sacked four times. There's a reason he has this ability to scramble and get outside the pocket and has all these weapons around him. And he doesn't have to scramble very often. I think he has 10 rushes for the entire season, like a total of 16 yards. There's a reason for all of this. There is. I'm just going to go up. Their offense is predicated on the offensive line. Like, there's a reason that this offense puts up 543.7 yards per contest. That's their average. They put up lows against uh, against Toledo. I think it was 71 points or something like that. We were looking at that earlier. Like, that's a basketball score. Are you kidding me? That offensive line is big. They're angry. They're tough. They're disciplined, right? And they know how to play together as a unit. When I started comparing the differences – between Ohio State and their offensive line versus Iowa and our offensive line, it's staggering. It really is. And then you couple that with their defense, giving up, and they're giving up fewer yards than our defenses per contest on average. And by the way, they do get their All American, a preseason All American receiver back for the, the he's scheduled to get come back for this game. On top of the two, I'm going to say. Really good receivers they have. They're probably top four in the Big Ten, and I believe they're ranked nationally. You talk about Mar Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, his father is Marvin Harrison, too. Um, I should say two, but senior. I think he's in the National Football Hall of Fame. Uh, that guy there is pretty good, and I think he's going to teach his son how to do that job pretty well, playing receiver, that is. So Iowa has its work cut out for it. And I should say we have our work cut out for us here. The stats are what they are. They Ohio State's a 29.5 for 25, 29.5 point favorite. And it's going to be tough for us to come back against this offensive line. If they get this running game going, which it looks like, that's what they're poised to do. They do run the ball pretty well, and that opens up the, the pass lanes too. Now we are looking at a, a fairly large task, but having beat them, as you said, they they Iowa won back in 2017. It was an upset. It was in Kinnick too, but uh, I think this is a new day. 
mean, CJ Shroud's thrown, what, four interceptions and 29, no, 24 touchdowns. And I believe that's an, he's a sophomore, right? How many starts did he have? I forgot. 18 total starts in his career. 18 total starts. I mean, we're looking at that against Spitzer. I don't, what are his stats for the whole year? I forgot. Uh, for, I mean, his entire career. How about that? His career, um, well, I know that Spencer's thrown 23 touchdowns throughout his three years as a starter for the Hawks. Currently, he has 940 passing yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions compared to your guy, Mr. Stroud, who has 1,737 total passing yards, 24 touchdowns, and only three. So they both have thrown three interceptions, this looks like. but uh, Yeah, and that's so far this year, right? <laughs> that's so far this year, yeah. Oh wow! Okay, um, so that they they share that, but but the thing about it though is uh, Ohio State has definitely had the plethora of um, of playmakers throughout the season. Uh, they didn't start yeah. out the season with having you know some of their playmakers on the sidelines due to injuries. Uh, they have employed a tremendous two man, two headed monster at uh, running back um, between Mayan Williams who's rushed 64 times for 497 yards and eight touchdowns. It's not much of a drop-off when Travion Henderson jumps in the game because he's had more carries at 69 carries for almost as many yards, 436, but uh, half as many touchdowns at four. But uh, they have a stable. They also have Daylon Hayden who comes in and, and gets some reps as well. He's got a score as well. Uh, you already mentioned Marvin Harrison, Emeka Egbuka is their leading receiver with 35 catches and 655 yards. But Harrison, like I mentioned, man, he's got three games. One of the only guys, well, no, he's the only guy in Ohio State history that has had three games in a season with three passing, three receiving touchdowns. So he's poised to come into this game this weekend and continue to build on that. Next in line is Julian Fleming. He has 15 carries for 222 yards, and he's got five touchdowns. And then their tight end, Cade Stover, rounds out their receiving core. So they they um, they implore a lot of guys that have made have made some real hay in their season so far. They've they've received the ball for you know close to nineteen hundred total yards. So it's uh, this is going to probably be an even more high potent offense than what the Hawks faced against Michigan, and we know what happened in that game because it, I mean. They, they were able to put the game plan together and do what they wanted to do, but more so in for, impose their will kind of close to the end of the game. I, and I, I look at this game, I look at this, this Ohio State team, this Ohio State offense specifically, and I see a lot of similarities in that game and what the Hawks faced in that Michigan game. What will it take to slow down this rushing attack, slow down this team to, uh, to pull the upset, especially when we talk about the Hawks' defense going against this Ohio State offense. I'm looking at angles. All right, we we need to start doing some more, uh, some games, some better hands with our defensive line. Get off the block. All right, actually shoot the hands and shed your blocker. That would be great for our defensive line. Uh, you know that'll, you know, you toss that offensive lineman if you get him down. Hope that that's the case. You know. That opens you up, but also clogs away for the running back to get through. And you know better than I would. But, you know, getting that defensive line, really pressing off his line backwards and reestablishing the line of scrimmage. All right, start playing on their side of the ball as opposed to playing on our side of the ball. That's what our defense, they start doing that, reestablishing the line of scrimmage. 
uh, that that'll do wonders. And obviously, I mean, since they always and obviously tips and overthrows, like we were talking about last season, we can get some of that going this game for this season. Uh, that'll help out this defense tremendously. Um, you know, the Ohio State defense, they're pretty stout. Um, and our offense, from what we've seen so far this season, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to do much against these guys. Um, so we're really going to need our defense to really step up, our special teams to do what they've done, and get these guys maybe somehow get them off their square, off their mark, uh, and make a play. All right, instead of saying, why me, why not me? All right, be the guy that makes the play. That's what we need. We need someone to spark something so that, you know, momentum shifts. Because right now, everything is all in the favor of Ohio State. They are almost 90% favored to win this game, giving us 4%. And that defense out there for us, they've taken a lot of plays so far this season. Um, you know, and Roddy Moss even said uh, in his uh, interview, those guys are big. He sees it going. They're very similar to Michigan. Uh, I'm with you. I think they're a little bit – I think they're better than Michigan. Uh, and C.J. Shroud having thrown only uh, was it three interceptions for the, for the season, uh, he's very judicious with where he puts the ball. The offensive line having only given up four sacks for the year. They're very stingy with how they well, – with sacks are giving up, giving up pressures as well. And we haven't even seen what CJ can really do running the ball because that offensive line has just really been that good. So if we get some twists going, get shoot, hand movements, I mean, heck, we saw the different rip a couple of times used against our offensive line. We get that going against their, their offense. That'll help, I think, spark some things on for the Hawks. Yeah, yeah, they they got to definitely lean on all of those things, man. They, they're gonna need to. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's um. So, so defensively, man, let's just jump on the other side of the ball. Uh, no, there isn't much we can do here. Like just the the math is what the numbers are. What they are. C.J. Stroud has thrown for more touchdowns. This year, in the first six games, and Spencer's thrown his entire career. He's a runner for the Heisman. I mean, he's a leading, I should say runner, he's a leading candidate for the Heisman. And we're, it's um, pretty bleak when you look at the whole thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a difficult task no matter what, not, no matter how you slice it. But when I look at this, um, I look at this game, I look at, a number of things. First of all, this Hawkeye team is coming off a bye week. And a lot of times you start a little bit slow coming off of bye week. But the other thing about it is you get opportunity to do some evaluating and evaluations. And um, I did get opportunity to listen to Kirk's press conference from a day or two ago. And he talked about what their focuses were and really focusing on themselves and really uh, getting back to basics, right? trying to build on something so here on this show we talk about the facts we talk about everything that has happened with everything that we as individuals that look at the game see and think to be uh, very much so important for you as the viewers to see or, or listeners to hear 
Um, can you hear me? I hear you now. So the yeah, the biggest thing is for us to to relay uh, the 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 message of what we expect to see and and how this game and how this team can respond to come through for it. In reality, here we got to be honest about the situation. Um, I see that uh, we have struggled, or we see all of us see that we have struggled on the offensive side. So, David, what do we do? What do we do? Truly, is there a scenario that presents itself where the coaching staff looks at Alex Padilla? You know, is there a scenario that goes down where this offensive line um, kind of finds itself in this game and finds a way to protect and finds a way to get out, get get downhill for the running game? Um, is this the game that Spencer Peters turns the corner? What's your thought, man? This will sound familiar to you. Nope. I just don't see it happening. Not a, this is a team, and I know Iowa had a bye week. So did Ohio State. This is Ohio State's bye week, right? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, let me double check. I think they have the bye week. I'm like, well, they had an extra week to prepare, too. They didn't miss it. Did they? Let's see, 10 8. Ohio State. Yeah, that was their bye week. Yeah, last week, the last time they played was the uh, the eighth against Michigan State. Yeah, they had an extra week to prepare as well. Uh, our offense, and I, I, I know you saw the Brian Ferentz uh, interview, his press conference. He, he said he's staying the course. He's not going to surrender. You can't go home and look at his kids in the face. So the offense. I mean, they don't see him making the change. They see something to Spencer. He's the best that they have. Our offensive line, we were playing eight people. I think we're down to maybe seven, but I'm not sure. Um, we'll see what happened. I know Kirk, uh, in his interview that we were talking about earlier, said that they were evaluating the offense and figuring out things to do. Said it wasn't rocket science. It's not magic either. It's practice, and they're going to work on some different schemes. So, we have to wait and see what's going on and see what happens. Um, and maybe they have a different strategy moving forward uh, than what we saw in the first six games of the season. But the second six games coming up, I mean, they're not uh, they're not looking great either. They're not – really not. So, coming off the offense, you know, it's, we all know what it is. The offense is what it is. We have the same offense coordinator. We have the same uh, quarterback. We have the same O-line. Heck, we even have the same head coach. The offense coordinator's father. I don't see that changing. Um, <clears throat> so, Yeah. Let's just be honest. Got to be able to score touchdowns, and the Hawks have struggled, have struggled to put up points this season. You have to be able to put up points, especially against a team like this. If you want to upset a team like this, you have to be able to punch and counter punch. Um, if you can't score, you can't counter punch. This team has to be able to find itself on the ground. Um, there's a lot of areas of concern that uh, really leave me nervous to see 
this game particularly. But just like you mentioned, David, there's six games left in the season and <clears throat> going through this schedule. Okay, they're at Ohio State this weekend, October 22nd, noon kickoff East Coast. And then they, uh, they're at home on the 29th against Northwestern on the road, November 5th at Purdue. They're at home Purdue. November 12th against Wisconsin. They're at they're in Minneapolis on the 19th. And then they finish at home on the 25th against the, uh, the Cornhuskers. So of those six games, considering the way this, this season has gone so far, it's difficult to say where we'll be able to manufacture manufacture a lot of wins because these these teams are finding themselves to be equally matched this year. We know what we have on defense. We know what we have on special teams. We know that offensively we struggled thus far this season. To find a way to get into uh, postseason play is going to be difficult for this Hawkeye team. But um, if they took advantage of the last 14 days 13 days 12 days if they took advantage of that time and really game plan this game and really found some things in practice anything can happen anything can happen i hear you uh, i'm just the past being like a good indicator of the future you know where i am with this man i i, I don't care it, the job is score score points right the, the job is to win I don't care if Brian's Kurt's son or not. I really don't. Just do your job. And we can't manufacture points. We're trying to. And tell me this is the best we have. Well, we can't recruit better because we're not playing better. Like it's a really, it's a bad, vicious cycle that we're in right now. And coming up against Ohio State, like it was against Michigan, you know, it was really put on display where we are on a talent level. It's not effort. That's not what it is, all right? Schematically, system-wise, and, and talent-wise, they were a step ahead of us just about everything. And our defense, beginning of the year, they were fresh. They were good. As the years progressed, we're about halfway through the season. These guys have taken a lot more hits and a lot more plays than – I expected, hoping that the offense was going to be able to stay out there and sustain drives and be able to take some plays off these guys and eat up that time of time of possession. That just hasn't happened. You know? um, the second half of the of this season, like you said, you you mentioned some games. They have to. I mean, last year we lost to Purdue. All right, then we lose to Purdue at home. They lose to oh. Purdue at home. Yep. I remember the, the receiver's name, David Dave, Bell. Dave, David Bell had a – Oh, my God. I don't think I'm going to forget that name. Who's that uh, defensive end? Carlos Office, Calisa, I don't know. It starts with a K. Wore number five. Wore, he wore number five and wore our offensive tackles out. I know that. <laughs> he's, now, he's now taking his talents to the NFL. So, thankfully, we don't have to deal with that yeah. game this year. No, thank goodness for that. But Charlie Jones is over there, so is Tyrone Tracy. And, um, you know, they've been performing well, and they're going to be playing at home. I, I think they have something to prove. Uh, Minnesota's looking tough this year, too. We know we got Ohio State, so, God, I hope that we come out of that healthy. You know, that's the main thing. These kids, um, you know, we talk about them as they're just 
football players, their student athletes, their kids out there playing. And really want them to come out healthy, safe, and sound, but also not demoralized, able to proceed down this season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's six games left in the season. The Hawks have their full uh, season ahead of them. You know, just got to find a way to find themselves out of the funk. We'll see what happens. Noon kickoff this weekend at the Horseshoe. Um, we'll, we'll check it out. Check it out with us. Uh, I'm Colin Cole. This has been Hawk Talk from my man, David Porter. Appreciate you guys for joining us. Um, God bless and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.